Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. The Iron Horse, get yourself a beverage, have yourself ready to go for the Packer Bear football game coming up here in a couple of hours and hang out with us for a while. We got some swag for you. We got some giveaways for you. You can even get yourself a Widmer Hefeweizen while you're here for your trouble. So come on down on a very, very nice Thursday afternoon. We are broadcasting through the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on the World Wide Web as well, 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen live no matter where you are you got the internet you got yourself some data you ready to rock and roll on your phones devices etc the uh, stream is brought to us by opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity and if you want to pick up your phone and call you can still do it 329-1899 is the phone number 329-1899 that phone number all guests join us via the Rankage brothers rv phone line plenty to get through today we are going to hear uh from justin calhoun from samari torre a couple of grizzly uh, football players, obviously Calhoun with that great interception in the game against South Dakota and Samari Torrey. Uh, how's nine for 148 and one sound? 142, excuse me. And so, uh, pretty good. Pretty great, uh, in fact, for Samari Torre as a wide receiver for the Grizzlies. We will also hear from Jeff Choate talking about Southeast Missouri State, a huge opponent coming up week uh, week two for Montana State. Home opener, obviously, for both the Grizz and the Cats. The 11th-ranked team in the nation is uh, Southeast Missouri State coming uh, to Bozeman to take on the Cats. So we'll hear from uh, Jeff Choate talk about this team and specifically about the defense. People may not realize this, but 
South East Missouri State, they have reigning Paul Buchanan Award. Tyler Hall beat out uh, uh, Dante Olson of the University of Montana, among others, for that award last year. So we'll hear about that as well. Top of the hour, very excited about this. Our ESPN rival, as we do every Thursday this week, Shannon Schwain, the Lady Grizz head basketball coach, obviously, uh, formerly Shannon, Kate, the greatest basketball player in the history of the state of Montana, uh, one of the great women's basketball players ever, period, or just across the board. And uh, obviously on the staff uh, with Robin Selvig for 24 seasons and now entering her fourth year as the head coach of the Lady Grizz team. Sat down with us and uh, had an extended conversation with her, so we will certainly enjoy bringing that to you. And, yes, we will talk about the fact that uh, I dominated Coulter uh, in our conversation yesterday about Antonio Brown. Oh, harbinger of things that I am on all truth when it comes to the NFL, A.B. suspended. And it sounds like perhaps more than that forthcoming. I mean, do you follow the NFL? Barely. Do you realize that it's completely inconsequential, any of this stuff? A team will play, pay Antonio Brown to play football this year. Antonio Brown will play football well, and it's, that's the end of the story. And that was the only argument that I had is A.B. is still one of, if not the best receiver in the game. Is that it doesn't right? matter if he's playing for the Raiders or not. Well, he I, no argument. Again, no argument. I thought actually Ryan Leaf tweeted, had a tweet about this today. I thought it was really interesting thought it was really interesting, essentially saying, hey, I did the same stuff, and it was because I didn't want to play football anymore, and I didn't know how to walk away. That was interesting. So we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Okay. okay. What we need to get to right now is a couple of things. We're going we're gonna to hear, first of all, uh, from Samari Torre and from Justin Calhoun. But if you are uh, watching on uh, SWX Montana television and you're not seeing us again, it's because we're at the Iron Horse downtown Missoula. Come on by. Great establishment. Starting to warm up here in the Iron Horse nope, on a nope. Thursday afternoon. You can feel it start to build towards kickoff of the NFL season. And in general, Thursdays are big days around here. Uh, and uh, so we're certainly happy to be here. Uh, 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 but uh, also, since you can't see us, you, you don't know what I'm doing to Coulter right now. But I got my Aaron Rodgers gaudy monstrosity of a of a of a just egregious yellow and green hoodie on and my brand new green bay packers hat and i am in full regalia here coulter as we sit out here in the public against the air horse i'm ready to go i'm ready to see geronimo allison shred up the bears defense ryan's style is so offensive always but I didn't even recognize that he was wearing that until he pointed it out. The ironic thing about this, Coulter, is this is one of the only pieces of raiment, one of the only garments I've ever actually spent money on. And quite a bit for me. And for those listening just on the radio, I guess everybody's listening just on the radio because there is no SWX, even if you're listening well, to us still through watch. SWX. Yes, 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 yes. Ryan's wearing what amounts to a child's blanket that's sewn into some sort of poncho-like thin... Sweater. That's actually an outstanding description. Yes, has this is what it is. Rogers on the yes. has relax right across it. Yep. And yep. Uh, it's got a 12 on here. I got a little hood if I want to bring it up over the top and hide it in this thing a little bit. And you're you're absolutely right. This is like what do they sell on like late night television uh, uh, infomercials? Those like snuggies. It's a snuggie. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's basically snuggie. a Rogers snuggie. This is as close as I'm going to get to a hug. You know. 
Man. Feeling very good about this. While we're broadcasting in a public place with the huge well, crowd. And it's so offensive to you, too, who refuses to wear even so much as a jersey because you find I am it. wearing my tribe hat, though. You have, I mean. Well, uh, I've been wearing this a lot more lately. Wearing your Cleveland. Cleveland what's, what's Cleveland like? They're like three and a half or five games out of the wild card right now. They're kind yeah, of Yeah, because somehow the Minnesota Twins decided to hit 500 home runs this year. I don't even know a player on their roster. And they're threatening the all-time record for home runs they, in a single they, season. They, they've said it. They've already they've said it. They've set the all-time home run record by an individual left. team. Okay, yeah. And we still have three weeks left. It's just absolutely uh, unbelievable uh, for uh, for that to be the case. Okay. Uh, we will get back into the Packers-Bears game. By the way, the Bears three-and-a-half-point favorites if you're keeping track at home. At, uh, they are at home. The Bears are in Soldier Field uh, tonight for week one. Let's uh, let's get into the University of Montana, and we're going to hear sound from both Justin Calhoun and Samari Torre. You were down at practice yesterday, Coulter, talking to both of these guys, uh, and, uh, and we will play their interviews for you coming up here uh, quickly. But a couple things that we just wanted to report to everybody uh, from the University of Montana. First and foremost, again, no information. Information is going to be released officially about injuries and so forth, but Jesse Sims was in full practice uh, gear, in full pads, and at least while you were there observing, was participating uh, with the football team, and, and the fact that he was out there, again, we don't know whether, you know, the significance of, of, of the injury that he sustained, he certainly was hurt at some level, but for him to be out there, uh, certainly, you know, appearance-wise is good for the University of Montana, and, and for obviously every kid, we hope that they, you know, stay healthy through the course of a season, and certainly a senior, a guy like him who's a captain in the number 37, uh, you know, just so many reasons for, you know, that, that Montana fans, you know, want to have that guy around, and he personally, but looked, he was there at least uh, at practice uh, yesterday. They were practicing at the River Bowl yesterday, so that means it's a little bit of a jog over from the Champion Center. And, uh, you know, you can't, I mean, obviously he suffered what was, if it was an injury. Uh, to me, it just seems like a tweak at this point. But his ailment was an upper body injury. So yes. judging a guy's running is not necessarily the tell-all, be-all. But you can tell when a guy's wearing pads, even when he's just jogging, if he's favoring anything. He was switching his helmet between each of the two hands. I mean, we're getting deep here as far as analyzing this thing, but... To me, you know, just looking at him, and, you know, I said what's up to him because we've interviewed him a bunch. He sure. just, you know, gave me the nod. He didn't look like he was in any discomfort at all. And then when he was going through the drills, he was working with the ones, and he looked he looked just fine. So well, the point is, just a is, is if it was something that was significant. Right. He's just not going to be out there. Totally. You know, and so, and that's not to, you know. It's could still be it could still be an injury that is in, an encumbrance of some sort and is something to monitor going on. But it it certainly doesn't you know doesn't look like at this point with that kind of information that that this was something that was like a torn muscle of some sort or some sort of you know a broken bone or something like that. And when he kind of laid there with his arm above his his you know uh, body just sort of laying on the ground not really moving. You go oh boy what what was that? That looked kind of funky. So uh, that's good news for the University of Montana. But Coulter, uh, people were listening, watching yesterday. You did leave the show early to go get a yep. couple of player interviews. Yep. Uh, we're going to hear from Justin Calhoun first, but you you said you called me after the show yesterday. You said, hey, man, it was great to be down there and just talk to the kids. And the, the talking to the kids, they're available. They just happen to be available while we are on the air. So it's tough to kind of try and make the logistics of that work. But these guys, uh, they were great to talk to for you. And, and what were a couple of things that kind of jumped out to you just in general as you were talking to them before we play these interviews? Well, I was actually excited to talk to both these guys because I never really thought about it until going down there, but I requested both of these guys because 
I can't really remember hearing from them, period, ever. I know Samari Torre was interviewed uh, just in a press conference situation after the South Dakota game, but I can't ever remember hearing from him before that. I remember when he first signed with the Grizz, we weren't able to get a hold of him for a recruiting story at Skyline Sports. And so he was a little bit of a mystery to me. And then Justin Calhoun, we obviously know so much about him and his career and we've heard from his brother, Jeremy, his twin brother, many times. But I can't ever remember hearing from Justin Calhoun much either. I remember I did interview him right when he switched to corner during spring ball. But uh, other than that, I had not uh, ever really talked to him. So I thought it was just interesting to get some fresh voices into the conversation. And, uh, you know, I, I, was, I just thought it was interesting, too, just listening to these guys because they are sort of reflecting what we are continuing to get affirmed that is true. And it's that... Bobby Houck is so confident in this team, and that confidence is trickling down now into the team. And I think that, you know, I was really thinking about this last night. Coach Houck has done a lot of things, both tangibly and intangibly, tactfully, all sorts of things to revitalize and maybe even uh, resurrect the mentality of old for the Grizzlies. And last year, I was really just thinking about the way that the season went. And so much of Montana's downfall last year was being unable to seize the moment, being unable to think that you deserve success. Go and take the success. Take the win. They set their table to take the win in their last three home games, and they and it was almost like a fear of failure made them then in turn inevitably fail. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. And so much of it to me was mental. Montana had pieces last year. They certainly had deficits on their roster. The offensive line was certainly a huge weakness, and the corners were a work in progress. All that said, I think that just a shot in the arm of confidence. We heard Dalton Sneed even at the press conference, even with sitting right next to Coach Houck, he said, our confidence as an offensive unit is through the roof because of the work we put in, because of the familiarity that we have with each other, right. and because of what the coaches have instilled in us. And usually if somebody says something like, we are – we are so, so, so confident. That's not something that Coach Houck necessarily likes because he has sort of a never-satisfied mentality. But when you, if you watch the video of that press conference, Bobby Houck is nodding his head. So to me, it seems that when you connect the dots, revitalizing and resurrecting the confidence of the Grizzlies is a key point. They're, this is an, a concerted effort. This is something that Bobby Houck is doing on purpose. And talking to these guys, you just see that. Well, we will hear now from uh, Justin Calhoun. Again, Justin Calhoun, a former wide receiver, one of uh, 78 wide receivers on the roster at one point for the University of Montana, but gets switched over to play cornerback. Now in his second season playing corner, and in his first game of this year had the one interception, a beautiful interception, looked like a wide receiver on the play, in fact, on the takeaway for Justin Calhoun. So here is his interview with Coulter from yesterday after practice. Uh, right now, we're just focused on getting the win. Right now, it was a big win that we had. Opening the week up, it was great to get our feet wet. Uh, right now, we're just focused on uh, North Alabama. You got the, the band out here, kids oh, back yeah. on campus. Does it feel different when the kids come back to school and you guys have a home game coming? Uh, it's a lot more people. I mean, at school, I mean, we obviously got classes now. So, yeah, but hearing the band, I love hearing the band, honestly. I used to love in high school. I love in college, too. Being back at home, what's, what's your guys' feeling just about getting to play at home and then getting to open the season at home? Uh, it's great to play in front of the fans. I love playing on the road, but it's great to play in front of the fans. Uh, I'm excited to go right now. Tell me about your role. I know that uh, you're a guy that switched positions, so it yeah. seems like you've really 
started to at least master the corner position. How much more comfortable do you feel now? I feel a lot more comfortable than last year. Last year, I mean, it was a, it was a learning experience. I'm still learning right now, but uh, I feel a lot more comfortable in my stance and my off technique. Do you like it? Uh, corner? Yes, I love it. <laughs> Tell me what you saw in the interception you had. Seemed like you read it pretty good right out the gate. Uh, honestly, I was just going through my uh, technique, going through whatever I had to do at, at the line. Uh, he kind of slipped me. I kind of got back on top. I seen the ball there. I just wanted to go attack it. One thing Coach Alex talked about, I mean, I went to school here back in the day, and I covered him his first time around, too. He's always talked about run to the ball. Yeah. Run to the ball no matter what, right? Yeah. It seems like you guys have embraced that finally. How much, how important is that to you guys as a defensive group? It's very important. We have a lot of lows with that. Like, we, even if we win the game, we feel like we had a bad game. We got we have to run to the ball. Even if the play, if you know the guy's going to tackle him, just run anyway. You never know what can happen. He can break a tackle. He can make the game win it or a game touchdown save a tackle. So running the ball is very critical. North Alabama's offense looks like they got a couple of good skill guys, or a really good quarterback who can run a little bit. What's your overall evaluation? Uh, they're a good football team. We can't go in there thinking like they're not. They are. They play some good football down there, so we're going to be ready for them. The quarterback specifically, how much of a threat is he with his legs? Um, right now, we're just worried about just you know stopping, taking care of the receivers. I feel like they're all good at a lot of things, so we'll just go from there. Last question for you: then. What's the thing you guys have made the biggest? progress in as a defensive unit over the last year or so? Uh, being comfortable with the defense, uh, obviously we had a coaching change, so you know, we knew the plays, but we weren't as comfortable playing the defense. Now we're getting more comfortable, starting to see things, starting to play faster. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive. Innovative. And a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. So there you go, uh, Justin Calhoun uh, giving uh, a little interview there to Coulter talking about I thought a couple things out of that that were interesting but when you asked him about running to the ball and the emphasis and the re sort of prioritization of that aspect of defense he he almost couldn't wait to answer that question he was he was saying yeah definitely and this is a kid obviously who was here before and playing offense you know when Bob Stitt was the head coach but he's he he you know was 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 very affirmative in what a significant part of that is and again rallying to the football is not unique to any football team i mean any defense you know it seems like they're gonna you know that's gonna be something that they're gonna talk about something they're gonna say but the point is is that rallying to the ball obviously it, it pragmatically is you know if a guy misses a tackle or you know can't quite get a guy down on his own you got re- reinforcements coming but more than that it's it's a mentality thing right Coulter it's about it's about the emotion and the energy that you're playing with and everybody getting to the spot they need to be in and even if you know even if it's almost a guarantee maybe it is a guarantee that you're not going to be making the play you're heading in that direction anyway and everybody's kind of all in together and 
it seems simple enough, it seems easy enough, but to instill that where this is just what you do every single time and the way that looks and the way it comes off to, to fans and the way it comes off to, uh, you know, the teammates when guys are pumped up about each other and they're standing there. Look, even if you don't make a play, you happen to be standing there to help your guy up and give him a swat on the on the backside and say, great play. All that stuff kind of matters and it built gets built into that. And you can see teams that, that care and that buy in. And right now, this Montana team certainly feels that way. You get what you emphasize, no doubt. But just the pure effort of running to the football, sure, every team does it at some level, but you need to have a desperate level of of effort running to the ball if you right. want to be elite on defense in college football. Right. And I think it provides a level of accountability. I think secondarily, it provides extra Physical, physical conditioning, which I think is the most underrated portion of college football. Everybody talks about great fourth-quarter teams. In, in college football, to me, half of being a great fourth-quarter team is mental. Half of being a great fourth-quarter team is being the most physically fit team. Go look at Florida State last weekend. No doubt. And I, I mean, I thought that one of the main places that Montana State turned the corner under Jeff Choate, even though they haven't reached the win-loss total success that, under, that they had under Rob Ash, they've solidified their defense so much by running to the ball, but also just because of their physical fitness. And I think that that's one thing Montana's experiencing. But it's also such a way to set a tone, and it's also such a way to seize and keep momentum. If you make big plays, and then you keep running the ball, you're relentless, the other team is going to quit. And that's, I think, what, what you saw in South Dakota. I mean, Montana, once they found their flow, they blitzed South Dakota. They had five straight possessions where they scored. But on the other side of the ball, then you start running the ball. And, and like C- Coach Paulson Bobby Houck's first defensive coordinator at Montana. Like he used to say, boys, we got to party on the pile. And when you're partying on the pile, that's that's where then the style that the Grizz played defensively for so long comes full circle with where the Grizz play. Because when you truly party on the pile and you make huge plays at home defensively, which Montana did for such so often for a 20-year span, that's when Washington Grizzly Stadium's going nuts. You got to hone that stuff on the road like the Grizzlies did last week. But I think, I mean, Justin Calhoun talked about the loafs. If you ever go to a practice, it, it doesn't matter what the day is. The previous day's film, whether it's from a practice, from a scrimmage, from a game, has been broken down. And if there was loafs, Kent Bear, the defensive coordinator, who is not something you want to mess with. This guy is a drill sergeant. He is on you at all times. He's making the defensive guys do up-downs and run pursuit drill. One per loaf. Per guy. So, I mean, I was at a practice, I guess it was in the spring, where the previous practice, it was a spring ball, so everybody's, you know, maybe not fully locked in. I think they had something like 37 loafs. These guys are running and running and running. You're talking 20 minutes of running. I think the point has been emphasized. As you heard Justin Calhoun there, he said, loafs no good. We can't have any loafs. Loafs are no good. <laughs> no doubt. Whether or not it actually translates to the game, I just don't want to do another procedure. <laughs> um, Coulter, last night you also uh, got a chance to talk with Samari Tori, and you're right. This is a guy who has not been, uh, you know, who hasn't gotten as much exposure, I think, as some of the other guys on that offense. And particularly last year, you know, this is a, a guy who, when he was recruited, was much heralded and, and expected to be, you know, a very good player for this Montana team. And a, and a really good get, a great recruit. And then last year, under Bobby Houck, kind of flew under the radar, didn't have his best season, didn't maybe take the next step in his sophomore year. And people thought, well, maybe this is, you know, a, a, a quote-unquote Bob Stitt guy that isn't going to find his way in, you know, the Bobby Houck system. Well, 
week one would say otherwise. Nine receptions, 142 yards, and a touchdown, and uh, just a gigantic day, and 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 phenomenal play by him. I mean, you you, you talk about obviously if you if you have that many yards, that many receptions, you've played really well. But it wasn't just about uh, 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 you know a particular scheme or South Dakota taking away the run game. But this is a kid who went out there and was pushed, which he talks about by Mitch Roberts, but also uh, is a, a guy who's got tremendous talent. And I think you start to see that on display. And I'll tell you what, if if Sammy Akam does what he does and kind of did what at a level you expected him to do with his also equally big day and Jerry Louis McGee, who's a known commodity, all of a sudden you add an, an elite level receiver uh, if Samari Torrey, in, in fact, can be that to that club, all of a sudden, I mean, a, a very dangerous wide receiving core becomes, you know, just goes to a whole nother level with a third guy at that level, and he certainly was that in the first week. When you're running a, I need to find a better word, because gadget isn't the right word, but when you're running a gadget-style offense like Bob Stitt's offense was, where there is a ton of different parts, and so many guys can and will get shine, I think that's a great thing, and I think that you can recruit a ton of athletes and you can keep the defense's head spinning, but I also think it makes it a lot harder to find a mismatch and absolutely exploit it. Mm. With the personnel the Grizzlies have at receiver now, you saw, ironic, right, that Samari Torre was a guy that was a little bit uh, outside the radar compared to guys like Keenan Curran and Jerry Louie McGee hit when Samari Torre was a freshman. And then when Samari Torre was, or I guess, no, no, excuse me, when he was initially recruited. When he was initially yeah, yeah, recruited, yeah. right. And then he had his big freshman year. Him and Gresh Jensen had great chemistry. And there was no real um, dominant guy amongst the group. JLM had his, his, his reputation carved out. But no one really knew what to think to, to delineate between guys like Sammy Akim and Colin Bingham was still a receiver at the time and Torrey. And... Torrey then, like you said, was sort of in the background last year. Not, I and mean, he had a couple big plays, but wasn't nearly the the explosive. He, he had a couple drops too. He did, yeah. And he wasn't the game breaking type guy that he was right. two years ago. But ironic, right? That in an offense that isn't air raid, sixty throws a game. <laughs> although they did throw 52. the ball fifty two yeah. times. <laughs> but that's why Torrey had his career day. And I guess that comes back to the full circle point where, again, a lot of times having all this diversity and all these little different guys that can hurt you it's it's a good thing if that's what you're fully bought into and that's what you emphasize but in a game like saturday when south dakota is either playing off you or stacking the box either way those two guys samari torre and sammy kim are going to win every one-on-one that they find in the fcs almost across the board except for maybe against the four top corners in the entire country right when you when you have this style of offense these guys can just beat you over and over again by exploiting those mismatches well, here we go. Uh, Samari Torre, uh, again, talked with Coulter after practice last night and after a, a phenomenal week in, in week one, kind of talked about where that came from and what he expects for the rest of the season. So here you go, Coulter's conversation with junior Grizz wide receiver Samari Torre. First of all, start with Saturday's performance. What did you like about what you guys did offensively, especially from just the execution perspective? Uh, we were just taking what the defense gave us, and we were executing, I think, pretty well. You know, like we didn't have a lot of, like, mental errors or – like, you know, we didn't have a lot of drop balls or, like, missed assignments. Like, we were pretty locked in, and I felt like we were pretty sharp from the start to finish. So much of that stuff you guys run is just uh, when Dalton makes the read, he's got to make the read, right? Yeah. And, I mean, how much more efficient do you think he's gotten at that element of the game? And how much better have you guys just gotten on the same page with him when it comes to making those reads? We've all came a long way since last year. You know, last year it's a new coaching staff and a new system, and it, it took us a little bit to acclimate. 
But I think this year, you know, we're, it, we're just, we have a lot more experience. And I think we're going to be a lot sharper, you know, and we're all going to start making better decisions. When it comes to the, some of those run pass option plays, how much do you think that emphasizes your and Sammy's skill sets? Uh, I think it emphasizes our skill sets like very well, you know, because it's just, it gives us, we, we have to read the defense. So a lot of it's up to Dalton and a lot of it's up to us. You know, if he's backed off too far, then we're going to take what he gives us a little short route. But if he's pressed up and I know I can beat him deep, then that's what we're going to do. So I think it just, it's good that it leaves it us to us. It leaves it up to us. And we're not just stuck in like one route that we have to do and stuff like that. We're watching Sammy do extra wind spritz. I know you guys are both putting a lot of extra work. Where have you seen him improve the most here the last year or so? Uh, I think he's just gotten a lot better all around. And I feel like he's really grown up a lot. And I think for both of us, the game's starting to slow down a lot. And yeah, Sammy's just, you know, he's a beast. You know, we both kind of upped our work, our work ethic and I, the sky's the limit for him. I know that uh, during spring ball and during fall camp, there was a position battle with you. I know Mitch Roberts was pushing yeah. you quite a bit, but then you can't overtake him. No, he's getting a lot of reps too. But I mean, were, were, was that a motivating factor for you during fall camp? Yeah, it definitely was. But, you know, even if my spot is locked in, I'm still going to work just as hard. Right. But Mitch, you know, he improved a lot out of, out of all the receivers. He's one of the guys who's improved the most. And he just works so hard day in, day out. And I have a lot of respect for him. Watching Coach P's coach you guys, he demands excellence. No question, right? Uh, did that take a little while to, to acclimate to for you guys as a receivers group? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But with any coach, you know, it's going to take a little bit to, like, get to know him and, you know, find out his coaching style. And the same thing with him. He has to figure out how we respond to certain things. So, yeah, it was a little acclimation process. But uh, we, we all love each other. Coach P's is... is is a great guy and yeah he demands excellence excellence out of us but as you've seen we've all gotten a lot better since he's been here general scout on northern alabama what do you what do you think that they bring to the table for you guys especially when you're looking at their defense oh we we, we just got finished watching their film right before practice and you know they, they bring a lot uh we're not we're not uh doubting them at all they're they're a very good team they just knocked off western illinois who we lost to last year and they only allowed like 17 points from that offense so we're we're coming ready to go so there you go, Samari Torre talking with uh, Coulter last night after practice. Good stuff from him and uh, good stuff by you, Coulter. Those, those, those were good to listen to. Certainly you can check those out on the podcast if you'd like to uh, re-listen to them, hear what those guys have to say. It is Tutel and Nuanas. We are live from the Iron Horse Bar and Grill downtown Missoula on Higgins. Come on by, say hello, get yourself ready. We're less than two hours from kickoff of the 100th season of the NFL. Very happy, and it just turns out, to be a Packer Bear football game. Uh, yes, please very much. We'll take all of that you got. Quick break. We'll come back. Hey, talk Grizz and North Alabama. Now it's time to talk Montana State. Talk about uh, their matchup against Southeast Missouri State. Jeff Choate uh, realized that he's got a real fight on his hands with the number 11 team in the nation coming to Bozeman for the Gold Rush game. So we will hear from Ch Coach Choate on Southeast Missouri State and that vaunted defense right after this. Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice.
You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, ESPN Sports Center. In the first game of a pivotal four-game set to close the season, the Billings Mustangs pushed Missoula to the brink with a 6-5 win in walk-off fashion Wednesday night. Pinch hitter Garrett Wolforth reduced Billings' magic number for clinching the Pioneer League North second-half title to one with now three games to play. He did that by stroking a game-winning RBI single in the bottom of the 10th inning at Deller Park. Missoula will need to win the final three games of the series to stay alive for the second-half title and the postseason berth that goes with it. Five, count them five. Big Sky Conference teams appeared in this week's Stats FCS Top 25 poll, including Montana State and Montana. Bobcats coming at number 13, up one spot last week despite suffering a 45-10 loss at Texas Tech in their opener. MSU hosts number 12, Southeast Missouri State on Saturday. SEMO posted a 44-26 win over Southern Illinois to move up five spots in the poll. Montana, they're number 22 this week after a convincing 31-17 win over South Dakota of the Missouri Valley Football Conference. The Grizz were ranked number 25 last week. Eastern Washington also held steady at number four, though they lost 48-14 at Washington. UC Davis is still at number five as well after falling 27-13 to Cal. And Weber State in the top 10-2. They're number seven overall after a 6-0 loss at San Diego State. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. I'm working. I'm working hard like always, but it feels like a vacation because I'm at the Iron Horse on the afternoon of the NFL season kicking off. But my good buddy, Colton Nuanas, could do worse. You know, two guys could could do do worse. worse. Colter, we are happy to be with you broadcasting live from the Iron Horse and broadcasting live through the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on Twitter. How about that? You ever do that thing? At Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT, your relevant handles. We are going to be giving away tickets here in the next, oh, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes or so to the Grizzly Oregon Duck football game. We got the box sitting right here next to us, so you still got time. You want to come down to the Iron Horse, register for tickets to the Grizzly Duck football game on September the 14th. Just a week and a half away, Coulter. I can't even believe this. You got one game Saturday, the home opener, and then it's off to Eugene for uh, the Grizzlies to go uh, play the Oregon Ducks. What's funny? Why are we laughing at He's watching at the TV up here, and Ezekiel Elliott's wearing a hilarious suit as he's holding up a shirt. <laughs> and, it's uh, man, it's just amazing. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is a great player, and he's fun to watch. 
But, I mean, you, you couldn't really be more of an insubordinate in your job. Sure you could. You could be A.B. A.B. <laughs> is a cry for help. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott straight up doesn't care. Ezekiel Elliott has, has skipped everything. And he's broken all the rules. He's been on the personal. Con- he's been under the personal contact monitor- monitoring system since he got into the league, and has gotten busted out in Vegas, out in Mexico. Every time he's been being monitored by the commissioner's office, he's been suspended multiple times. To no no repercussions well, whatsoever. No, no, no. He's he's being not been, he hasn't been suspended. No, was he suspended? Wasn't he suspended for the first six games of the season two oh, years yeah, ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was suspended. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, right. yeah, because of the first Laconda code. I think there's like, I think there's only three guys in NFL history that have been suspended for personal violations that don't have to do with failed drug tests. You're acting a fool, and you're suspended. There's only been three guys that have league-mandated suspensions via that. There's been guys been suspended for violating team rules. All I'm saying is it's just a microcosmic example of the NFL. If you are good and you can help your team win games, you will get paid, period. $100 million. $100 million. Act, act however you want. You will get paid. Let's get back to the let's get back to the pure driven snow that is college football. It oh, is Tutel Nuanas. Happy to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. And uh, Colter, we talked a lot about the Grizz in the first segment. Let's talk a lot about Montana State right yep. here and the uh, Bobcats playing Southeast Missouri State. Yesterday, if you weren't with us, we broke down both North Alabama and Southeast Missouri State in general. But wanted to take some time to hear Jeff Choate because uh, uh, Coach Choate will certainly uh, uh, have things for you when it comes to his perspective on this team. Uh, but Coulter, the big thing for, for Southeast Missouri State, defense. That is where they they kind of make their money. They have the, the Buck Buchanan Award winner and Zach Hall. We'll hear Coach Show talk about him. But uh, uh, in general, a very good team. An 11 versus a 13 nationally is going to take place in Bozeman in the Gold Rush game. A huge game in Bozeman Saturday evening. Uh, and it's going to be a great one. And defense, Coulter, is going to be the riddle to solve and another big test for redshirt freshman Casey Bauman. No doubt. And, and it's going to be a really, t- to me, this is a such a uh, compelling matchup because these two teams hang their hats on the same thing. And schematically, the defense that SEMO is going to run is not necessarily that complicated. In fact, it's not complicated at all. All SEMO does is get up straight in your face, period. They're going to play press on the outside. They're going to creep a safety up into the box. They're going to load the box, and they're going to set up everything for their All-American linebacker, Zach Hall. Zach Hall had 168 tackles last year. Think of that. He had more tackles than Dante Olsen. Granted, he played a couple extra games, but he was still averaging 15 tackles per game plus all the way through their playoff play. So he is an absolute beast. Uh, But they fly the ball on defense. They're very, very, very physical, and they take the ball away at an incredibly high clip. Honestly, defensively, the production they've been able to create the last two years is what Montana State's striving for. Montana State turned the corner last year in terms of taking the ball away. They still haven't been able to fully turn the corner in terms of rushing the passer. Bryce Sturk had a good year last year because he's so physically gifted and so physically dominant. I was talking to Zach Wright, former Montana State defensive lineman at fall camp, and he was saying it's funny because Bryce Sturk actually doesn't know what he's doing yet. He doesn't know any of the fundamentals or the moves. He's just playing off raw athleticism. Pretty good to be able to play off a of raw athleticism and be able to lead the Big State Conference in sacks still. But if Bryce Sturk can turn the corner, that can up that production. But what Simo did last year, that's kind of the model Montana State wants. So this is going to be kind of looking in the mirror if you're the Bobcats in terms of the physical, in-your-face, edgy nature. And then on the other side of the ball, they look exactly – I mean, anybody that's watched Northern Illinois in recent years, 
uh, both under their time under Jerry Kill and their time under Dave Dorn, who was a former University of Montana assistant, you know, with Jordan Lynch and among others as their great quarterbacks. Yep. The way that they look with sort of the the RPO base, it's very much similar to Montana's offense, actually. The Montana Grizzlies run a very similar offense to what Northern Illinois had so much success with, too, and that's what Simo runs as well. It's, it, you want a mobile, big, tough, strong quarterback who's not scared to get on the edge, a guy that's going to be a, you know, a, a intangible leader, a guy that's going to be the rah-rah guy, and they have that in, in Daniel Santa Canaria. He is, I, I watched him, he's a Northern Illinois transfer, in fact, so he comes from that exact same school, and the Northern Illinois ties all come from Tom Matukowicz, the head coach at SEMO, being a descendant of the Northern Illinois coaching tree. He coached for Jerry Kill, who was at Southern Illinois and then Northern Illinois. He coached for and Coach Kill. And then Minnesota, which if people are familiar with right, Jerry that's, Kill. That's where they split, yep. uh, but 10 years together. So they have very similar styles, and that's what SEMO looks like to me. The last two SEMO teams have looked like Northern Iowa, not Northern Illinois when they were at their best. Uh, people may kind of you know, brush it off their shoulder a little bit when you're like, well, okay, Northern Illinois, MAC team, whatever. When they were doing it at Northern Illinois with Jordan Hill, they were a top 15 team in the oh, nation. Oh, yeah. Didn't, didn't they win the Orange and they, Bowl? They went, to, they went to one of the New Year's did, did Six they, Bowls. I don't remember if they won or not, but they went they, to a New Year's Six Bowl. They went to a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, they were more like top 10 right. the last two years. That's right. And they were uh, they were absolutely fantastic and dominating uh, at that level. And it was this, the, he was on the staff that was a part of that group that was, that was doing so well. But, hey, why listen to us talk about it when you can hear to hear Jeff Cho talk about it? So here we go. We'll go through some uh, sound from Jeff Cho. This is from the press conference on Monday, and this is uh, just the initial kind of 45-second uh, gloss that Coach Choate gives on Southeast Missouri State in general. Here you go. I was in the OVC for a year, had an opportunity to go to Cape Girardeau and play. I think those kids always have had kind of an, uh, the reputation of being tough, hard-nosed kids, and I think that's just been enhanced by the coaching staff that's there. I would describe this team as physical. I would describe this team as confident. Uh, you can tell that they've, uh, they feel good about who they are. They return eight of 11 starters on defense. They play with some swagger. They led all of college football any level in takeaways last year, okay? 36. They had 23 interceptions and 13 recovered fumbles. And so that's something that's obviously a huge part of their success a year ago, and they fed off of that. They scored 144 points off takeaways last year. So I think that's something, as you look at the game, it's definitely something to pay attention to. They're not only aggressive in taking the ball away, but they're opportunistic on offense. So there you go, and it's it's interesting because he's going to talk in a moment about the defense specifically, but he spent almost all the time talking about the team in general, talking about the defense. We were talking yesterday about tradition, culture, things like that. We were talking about North Alabama and how they have tradition and culture, and that's been able to move with them as they moved up a right, level. Right, right. Two points. First of all, it's so hard to change that. Think about mm. some programs that have had multiple coaches and still had generally the same identity. Yeah. Right? And I think when you get into the mode of changing your identity, then sometimes that's when you get in these spin cycles where you can never quite get back on track. And I think that's where so many mediocre college football teams stay mediocre. I think that when you when you hear Coach Choate talk about that, I mean, Tukowitz has been at SEMO for six years. Jeff Choate is hearkening back to 15 years ago when they were playing them. Right. And the analysis is the same. So right. I think that that's so much of that is about what college football is about because generally, unless you have a national recruiting budget, which less than 30 schools actually do, you're recruiting from the same areas. So that means you're recruiting the same type of kids, which means you have to have a defined identity. And I think that's exactly the reason why Montana got so twisted up. 
because Montana was trying to have a different identity and different schemes than what the main recruiting areas they recruit from gift them. I think it's also a reason why Montana State has ridden the roller coaster over the last 10 years mm. because they have changed their identity multiple times. From Mike Kramer to Rob Ash to Jeff Choate, those are distinctly different identities. Yeah. And I think that that's why Montana State has harnessed success in short periods, right. but not long periods. So I think it's a, an interesting analysis when Jeff Choate's talking about playing SEMO 15 years ago, and he's talking about the identity being very similar to what it is now under a whole different coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, now, let's listen to Jeff Choate talk about the defense specifically and what they do, and then we'll get to hear him talk more specifically about the, again, defending Buck Buchanan award winner Zach Hall. But here you go, Jeff Choate, on the SEMO defense. On the defensive side of the ball, which is kind of where they hang their hat, they've got the Buck Buchanan Award winner uh, coming back. The Hall kid, number five, extremely active, physical linebacker, six foot, you know, 235 pounds, and he will hit the line of scrimmage with, with some intensity and some attitude. Uh, I think their best interior defensive lineman, the Thornton kid, number 50, is a problem. They have a very physical, big nose, um, and they present pre present a variety of challenges. Their defensive style is aggressive, uh, but they play tight coverage even when they're playing zone. And so uh, it's going to be interesting. So I think it's a, a really, really good opponent. I anticipate, I don't know, I think they were 17 coming in. I'm going to guess that they probably, they're 12. You know, so they've climbed in the polls. That's what I told our guys yesterday. These guys are going to climb in the polls. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a really, really good team coming in here, a team that made a deep playoff run last year, and I'm sure they're wanting more. And they did climb, in fact, not to 12, but to 11 from 17 after their win over Southern Illinois, Coulter. So uh, that's... Uh, a six-spot jump. I mean, it was a convincing win. It was like 44-27 or something like that. So a, g a really good win. Six, seven spots, six spots when you're talking about an already top 20 team. That's a lot of play. That's a lot of places to move. And they they overtook Montana State. I mean, they 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 leapfrogged the Cats in that stat poll. Yeah, I mean, the first couple of weeks of the polls are so interesting because so many FCS teams have to play FBS teams. Totally. I mean, the Cats lost by five touchdowns and they moved up a spot. Right, right, right. <laughs> because, you know, the only teams that are going to move down are teams that get upset that are in the top 15, and that rarely ever happens. Totally. So, uh, it's interesting. But, I mean, here's the thing. Matters, but it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. When I'm looking at this matchup on paper, I think Montana State will have definitive athletic advantages on the front, on both fronts, in the secondary on defense and maybe on the perimeter on offense but i don't think that's going to matter as much because we still have no idea if casey bauman can hang yeah on the other side i think that the that southeast missouri state has a definitive advantage at linebacker obviously they have the best linebacker in the country and montana state has okay but unproven linebackers and i think that simo has a distinct stark advantage in a fifth year senior with fbs and fcs experience in Daniel Santa Cantaria. I mean, sure. you, you have a guy who, I mean, like I said the other day, when I turn them on against Weber State, you look, you look, you gravitate sort of towards Santa Cantaria right away. Who's this guy? This guy knows what he's doing. He he has command of the whole thing. He looks like a grown man. He's directing traffic perfectly, and that's something that you know, regardless of what Case Bowman's Bowman's gonna be. That's not what he is yet. Sure. And that, I think that gives Simo a huge advantage on the road. I'm not saying they have an advantage in this game. I just think that that is something that – That's an of, area that there's an it, advantage. It, it mitigates yes. Montana State's right, right, home right. field advantage a little bit because he'll be able to handle it. Uh, Coach Cho was asked specifically about Zach Hall. He obviously, obviously referenced, uh, uh, you know, Zach in, in, in his discussion about the defense in general, but wanted to know a little bit more about Zach Hall specifically. Again, the defending – 
player of the year nationally uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So here you go, Jeff Choate on Zach Hall. In the box, he's difficult to block. He's very aggressive, downhill, what I call a hit-and-fit linebacker. Um, but even more than that, you can tell that he's the emotional leader of that group. And so the energy that he brings, the passion that he plays with, the physicality, that he, the edge, I mean, he, he defines what that defense is about. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Got to have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive. Innovative. And a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. It's, it doesn't, it, yeah, hit, hit fit. fit. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's a great line. And it is interesting, though, too, right, Coulter, because we've said this. When your best player is also your best leader, that is that matters at a it certain does. level. Uh, in college and, more than and, any other Totally. Level. And for, for it to be a defensive guy who, look, man, you're probably not going to be a Buck Buchanan Award winner without playing with a lot of emotion, a lot of intensity, and that's always going to be gravitational. You know what I mean? But take Dante Olsen at the University of Montana. Great, great player. And, and a leader for sure in a lot of ways, but he isn't necessarily the rally guy. He's out there, like, dudes get amped because Dante Olsen decletes dudes in the hole. Like, that's that that does it, but he's not necessarily out there rallying the troops on the sidelines and that kind of stuff as much. And I think that, that some guys just are kind of built for that, and if Zach Hall is that type of guy, it's like, hey, follow me into into this and uh, and let's roll. And that... that just ups the ante for everybody on the field. Well, people always talk about vocal leaders and leaders by example. Right. Dante Olson is a, the third kind of leader. He's not. He is a leader by example because of his performance, no doubt. He's not. He's not a vocal leader, as you were talking about. Right. He is absolutely an emotional leader. Yes. Because when Dante Olson makes a play, Dante Olson starts flexing and just... to the <laughs> heavens. You know, I mean, right. there's nobody that ignites. I mean, he's like a pro wrestler when he yeah. tears off his shirt. You right. Know? Right. When, when he makes that play and he does his famous celebration, that yeah. that is, I love it because it's so authentic. <laughs> right. Like, he's never sat there in the mirror and like practiced that. Like that's how he's feeling at the time. Absolutely. And that's why it's so spectacular. Uh, but but that's why I think that Zach Hall. I mean, again, I've only watched this kid on tape twice. The two playoff games last year, Stony Brook and Weber State for SIBO. But make no mistake, this kid is the, the vocal leader, the emotional leader, the leader by example all across the board, and he's unquestionably their best player. Yeah. We have a guy like that. I mean, Matukowicz told a great story to Greg Rockach of the Billings Gazette. You can read it at 406mtsports.com. He said, is the least, it was the best investment of any recruiting trip I ever made. He said, it cost me one tank of gas to drive to and from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, to St. Louis or to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Boom, got me Zach Hall. Didn't have to worry about my middle linebacker spot for four years. 
Best take of gas I ever spent. Right. Pretty good. Uh, it is Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Happy to be with you on a Thursday afternoon. We're counting it down to the NFL season starting, and we're doing it well the way we always do it with Montana stuff, man. That's what we're up to. Uh, we are at the Iron Horse Bar and Grill downtown. Come on down here. Come hang out. Spend some time. Have yourself a Woodmer Hafeweizen. You can still, we're going to pick a name out here coming up in about 10 minutes, but you can still get your name in here for uh, tickets to the Grizzly Oregon Duck football game coming up in a week and a half. So come on down, hang out with us, spend some time, and uh, enjoy your Thursday afternoon at the Iron Horse. We'll take a quick break. We'll take a look around the prep landscape. Some kids leaped off the page in the uh, prep football double-A, uh, uh, single-A across the state uh, last weekend. We'll take a look at some of those guys, a little closer look right after this. To tell and Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. Welcome back. Two-Tail Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the state. Hi, how are you? Hope you're well. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. We are broadcasting live through the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and online at KurtzPolaris.com. Coulter and I physically are at the Iron Horse downtown. Come on by. Say hello. Have a Widmer Hefeweizen. Watch some television. They're counting it down. NFL Live is live, Coulter. They're doing it. Packers, Bears from Soldier Field coming up in, I don't know, hour and a half. Let's go. Didn't they play their, didn't they play their opener at Soldier Field last year, too? No. You know what the opener was last year, I believe? I think it was Kansas City, New England from Foxborough and Kansas City. That was two years Plastered ago. New England. That was two, that years, two ago. years ago. That okay. was the Kareem Hunt debut. I'm going to have to go of look. all time. Oh, yeah. Where he fumbled the first touch he had and then went for 240 or something like Maybe that. Maybe the reason that the uh, Packers at Soldier Field is stuck in my head is because of your your bet with some of our colleagues last year. Mm, indeed. Perhaps that's why. Coulter, the bet I won, by the way. He did win. A whole purse full of change. Yes, I did. Um Coulter, the, uh, we're going to pull a name out of this hat here for the Grizzly Oregon Duck tickets here in just a moment, but we wanted to take a quick moment and get a prep extra segment in here and highlight some of the kids around the state who, who were uh, outstanding performers uh, uh, last week in high school football. The prep extra segment is brought to us by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. And Coulter, Carson Rostad, he's a pretty known commodity, obviously, a commit yep, to the yep. University of Montana, but... Six touchdowns, 396 yards, a dominant performance over Butte Central, who's a good football team, 49-26, the final score of that football game, and Hamilton off to a very good start week one. Yeah, no doubt, and we're going to highlight, I mean, now that I've seen these kids a little bit and heard some feedback from the camps this summer, to me there's there's a clear-cut top four guys in Montana, and one of those guys is a junior, Jace Kuswich from Frenchtown, who we're going to talk about in a minute. But the top three seniors, Carson Rostat, the reigning Gatorade Player of the Year from Hamilton, Tommy Millat from Butte High, uh, and Jackson, Jackson Lee from yeah. Missoula Sentinel. And uh, Rostat, though, I mean, recruiting is so interesting in Montana because so often it's only the top five kids that get offered early. They're getting recruited in the spring of their junior year. Top five maybe eight kids in Montana are getting you know, true scholarship offers from the Cats and the Grizz and everybody else in the state. 
And around the country, most kids are getting recruited almost exclusively off their junior year. If you're still on the board when you're a senior, those are the guys that Montana State and Montana are coming in and trying to get. Because everybody that, that I mean, most almost everybody is committed to USC by the time their senior year starts. Right. But so often recruits talk about the relief it is to make your college decision. Because I think that there's so much, like, if you're a guy, so then uh, as the Montana recruiting evolves, there's a lot of guys that then start getting recruited late in the summer after they've gone to some camps. But if you're getting, if and when you're getting recruited, which most Division One level guys in Montana are, they're getting recruited into their senior year. That comes with a lot of pressure. Because all of a sudden, now, you're trying to figure out what you're doing for your future while trying to concentrate on the present. And there's really nothing more irreplaceable or more special than your senior year of high school, save maybe your senior year of college. Right. And so I think that not having that weight on your shoulders, especially if you're a guy that's getting pulled from both sides heavily, like Carson Rostad, I think sometimes that can be a big advantage. Now, on the flip side, a lot of times when you commit early, if you commit before your senior year, a relief for you, but a target on your back, no doubt. But I think that, you know, you look at Carson Rostad, he said it with us when he was in our studio uh, a few months back, he said, such a relief. I did not want to be thinking about that. All I'm thinking about is the fact that we've lost in the state championship game two years in a row. We have to win this state championship. Yeah. You go throw for 396 yards and six touchdowns, I think you're feeling pretty relieved and you're probably feeling pretty focused, pretty driven. Um, we we won't talk too much about Jackson Lee here, but we know how good he is. Three touchdowns in his debut. You just have to say, anybody that doubted the kid playing eight-man yeah. His spatial awareness and his, his explosiveness no in space is, is, is still there at 11 minutes. But the other two guys I think have really flown under the radar. One is Jake Klusowitz, like you said, from Frenchtown. Scored four touchdowns. For the, for the record, boys and girls, Frenchtown scored 27 points in the game. You know what that is? All the touchdowns. Uh, all okay, them. all of them, including a walk-off in double overtime uh, that led the Bronx to a 27-24 win over Dillon. And Dillon, a power, as we know, yep. at the A level. So a huge win for Frenchtown. We thought Frenchtown would be good this year. Yep. They certainly have been. But Jace Klusowitz, phenomenal performance in his you know first week of his junior season and carrying his team to a victory. Yeah, keep your eye on this kid because this kid is already – a multiple-time state champion in the sprints in track and field. He hasn't even run his junior season of track. He's winning these right. as an underclassman, as a sophomore. This summer he got recruit, He got invited to camps at both Ohio State and Marshall. So he's getting FBS interest already. I said this the other day. I don't want it to seem like too big of a projection for the kid, but he honestly he reminds me of a poor man's Gabe Solster on offense and a rich man's Robbie Houck on defense. Mm. He's more stout than Robbie Houck. Nobody runs like Robbie Houck. Robbie Houck runs absolutely all out every every play. But Klusowicz is going to be a big-time recruit. He's going to be a big battle for the Cats and the Grizz to get him. And he's got Frenchtown back on the map, which is a cool thing because Frenchtown has so much tradition. Uh, and lastly, and this is a kid who I think is, is is flying way under the radar. He is already a commit to the Montana State Bobcats. But Tommy Malott, and I think, look, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks right now, yep. and there has been the last year or two. But you have Carson Ross that take like a Rolly Wooster who's doing yep. it for Hellgate and, yep. and, and uh, you know, Brown out of Bozeman last year and so forth. Josh Erbacher so from the, Billings West these, this year. These guys have been out here, but Tommy Malott has been – very, very solid and and better than that. I mean, that's even underselling him. You say he's oh, no, he's been great. He's elite, yeah. and he is uh, is already committed to go play for the Cats. 
332 and five scores to lead Butte High over Belgrade 46 20. Uh, and so uh, a phenomenal performance by him. By the way, also absolutely worth noting, welcome to the double A Belgrade High School. The Belgrade yep. Panthers getting their first uh, dip in the water and then. Next uh, next year, Gallatin High School yep. uh, is going to be the is it sixteen right? Yep. It will be sixteen double A high schools uh, playing football in uh, in the state of Montana. So very cool there. But Tommy Malott, uh, 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 again, much like Carson Ross had already committed and all that, but maybe that pressure is off and he goes out and he just slings it week one. I knew he was special when I first saw him as a sophomore. I stopped at Naranchi Stadium in Butte. Uh, on my, I was going to Bozeman to cover a Bobcat football game, and Butte was playing Big Sky High School. Big Sky had a chance to uh, clinch the number one seed, and, I want, and, and Levi Janicaro had a chance to break the single-season rushing record that had been held for about 10 years by Bo Donaldson at Big Sky. So I stopped at Naranchi so I could get some interviews. Uh, but I, I was, you know, I was watching all the action, and I remember thinking, who's this quarterback from Butte High? And, I mean, the kid was smooth. He was competitive. And... He's continued to prove that now. Now he's blossomed into being a, a legitimately Division One caliber athlete. The Cats have thought about playing him at, at either wide receiver or at strong safety. So that, that shows you just his speed aggressiveness beyond just his ability to play quarterback. But he, he's going to take Butte far because it's not just his athletic ability, but like I said, his competitiveness jumps off the page. You can see it right away, just the way that he commands things and how, how much he wants to win. So I think he is a great asset for Butte High. And another kid, the fact that he's already committed, uh, I think that's a good relief for him as Butte High tries to get this thing back on track. There you go. Take a quick look there around the state. That is our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Hey, college back in session. Maybe you got a, a student going to the university for the first time, uh, Montana, Montana State. Maybe you're around the state anywhere, and it's time to open up a bank account. Go to Farmer State Bank. Remember, your first bank account, the world is more complicated and more connected now. Explore and secure banking options with your young adult at Farmer State Bank. You can also create an account at FarmersEbank.com. All right, Coulter, the time has t- come. Let's get a winner, another oh, winner, winner, winner for uh, the Woo. Grizzly Oregon Duck tickets. We're going to give away a pair of tickets right now to go to Eugene, go to Autzen Stadium to see the University of Montana. This is the first one I've the actually drawn. Ducks. All right, here we go. Uh, Coulter, stick your hand in there and pull something out for us. Let's see who we got. Again, Coulter and I down here at the Iron Horse downtown Missoula on North Higgins, come on by, hang out. We're getting, we're about an hour and a half away from kickoff here of the uh, Grizzly, or excuse me, of the uh, uh, NFL football season, the Packer football season, about to get on their way. Um, all right, we've got a winner, Coulter. Who is it? Give me your I, winner I here. It's, who, who we got? Ken. Ken Slater. Congratulations to Ken. He's got his name pulled out of the hat, and he is our winner for uh, the tickets to go to the Oregon Duck football game. We will call him and uh, and get him going. There you go. Hour one in the books. Ending on with a bang. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Our ESPN roundtable with the head coach of the University of Montana, Lady Grizz, Shannon Schwain, right after this. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.